He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand him. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was a, there was a connection, a human connection. She even went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because she didn't knew the one where I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. What, what in the Sam hell? What, what nurse? Of course they didn't teach that in nursing school. They teach that at brothels and, and places like that. She was I mean, dressed up as a nurse. She yes. was dressed up as a nurse. That's, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Joe, you, uh, I don't think you were at a hospital. <laughs> that's, that's just what I'm saying. Damn straight, it's hump day, Ginger. Good to see you. Good to see all you guys coming in. Shirley, Carol, Minnie, Raven6, Deb, Feathercatcher, all of you guys coming in. Dragonheart38. Damn glad to be with you guys today. We got a lot to cover. But, I mean, honestly, can we just talk about that for a second? Whisper in his ear, breathe on him for that human connection. I can tell you, I'm a touchy-feely guy, too. But I don't need you breathing on me for a human connection. In fact, you're going to get some human connection that you don't want if you breathe on me. That's just, there's a line too far. Grab my ass, do any of that stuff, no problem. Breathe on me? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. Disco, have I ever breathed into your ear gently? Don't answer that question. I probably have. <laughs> Haven't I? I probably have. I'm a horrible boss. Well, it was... I, you're not a horrible boss. It, you know, just... You were, <laughs> I, I mean... I don't. I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question without right. sounding weird. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on. You guys seen this is my show. It just gets weirder <laughs> by the day. Um. So he it wouldn't be Biden if he didn't kind of whisper slash quasi whisper, which he did as well right here. In two years, I reduced the debt one point seven billion dollars. $1.7 billion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <laughs> Notice how it was a whisper and a yell. It was a whisper and a yell. He didn't do that, by the way. It, and In technical terms, that number did come down, but there's so much nuance to that. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. You can go back. We're not going to dive into it now. You can go back and watch that. It, it, there's a lot of factors that make what he said a, 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 a flaming piece of bullshit right there. But... But he went into the lean-in. He's got to always lean-in. The lean-in whisper, and then, and then it gets loud. It's like, Joe, you're, you're going from extreme to extreme there, brother. People are, like, listening into their speaker. What's he saying? And then they get startled. But he also really struggled, which he frequently does. He struggled with numbers and words right here. If they had to pay out $159,000 billion lead, less for prescription drugs, then it reduces the deficit. I love how he just stops like, shit. Did he go from ton to pounds to dollars? He right went all over the one? place. I love that. Okay. Not nice. only did he, did he go all over the place, they laughed at him like, and some of them are laughing because he makes the face he pauses. I get it. I'm not saying people in that room were anti-Joe Biden. They probably weren't. But but some of them were definitely laughing because it's like, dude, you can't even string together a sentence. And it's not because he did it once. It's because he does it all the time. Again, we're not talking about do you like the guy, not like the guy. We're talking about here, which we don't like the guy in these parts. But we're talking about, as I always say, is this person healthy? Is he held to the standards that we all kind of hold the expectations that we have for what the president should be, regardless of what letter is next to his name or what color is next to his political affiliation. This guy's just a walking disaster. Like he needs to go find Pearl Nelson, Nurse Nelson. They need to go to an island somewhere, do their weird breathing shit, and move on. It's, it's, it's not good for this country. It's, it's one of the reasons we're being taken advantage 
of so much. And you can say, oh, that's just a, it's just a simple mistake. You make mistakes all the time. I do, but I'm not the president. Now, there's one thing that I do, I do trust him with, and that would be like ice cream. Yes. No, I mean, I want his, him, yeah. him or Nancy Pelosi. I want their like recommendations. If, yeah, like if he called me and said, hey, you want to get some ice cream? I'm down. Let's go. Let's, let's do it. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I'll even pay. You know, like, whatever. Like, let's go. Yeah. I mean, I don't love. think you need to pay. He, my, the big guy's got lots of money. He's got no, no, lots. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm just but saying. But that's a kind, you know, it's a kind gesture, pay, like, Disco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're a kind person, a kind soul. Uh, okay. I'm not paying. You're the president of the United States. You pay. <laughs> so we got a lot to get into today. Biden nominees checked some boxes. Well, one checked a box as it pertains to race, gender, ethnicity, all that stuff. The other one just straight up lied under oath. Zelensky says our sons and daughters will have to fight in Ukraine, to which I say, F that. That's not happening, but we'll talk about that. NATO says Ukraine will be, at some point, joining the alliance. And then Lori Lightfoot, you guys, Beetlejuice just got straight up curb stomped in the mayoral race in Chicago. Like, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. She got beat down, y'all. Beat down. Then we've talked East Palestine today over in Booze and Banter. We've talked East Palestine and the tragic you know, incident that's happened there, the tragic lack of response from the federal government and so many other peoples. And we've talked about the back and forth on the, on the water. Well, the EPA administrator says, after all the things he's said you know, about the, the environment, about the situation, they're trying to m- make people feel more comfortable, say, oh, it's not that bad. Now he's saying he wouldn't let his kids near the water. So we'll talk about that. We'll play the clip. Keith Olbermann, still a psychopath. Newsflash, if you weren't sure coming into today's show, he is a delusional, angry psychopath. And we got plenty of other stories we're going to touch on. We'll get to any comments uh, that you guys want to get to as well over there. That's going to be on redvoicemedia.com. You can go there, use promo code DREW to subscribe. You can just go, once you've done that, click the live player. That's where we'll be. So I'm not going to lie. When I got sent the thumb for booze and banter, I thought, ooh, like this is a fancy backdrop, like really cool. Yeah. Took probably took me 15, 20 minutes to realize that's the <laughs> that's not like a design. That's the water in East Palestine. Yeah, I, it's not I, it's I, not I, meant to to look pretty like that. It's meant to just look like, like water. Oh wow, look at like I wonder how we got that done. And then and then I'm like building the stream, and I'm like. Oh, oh wait, that's the water. <laughs> the files are in the computer. I got it. So simple. So simple. Uh, by the way, guys, it, when you sign up for Red, one of the reasons we're doing this, one of the re- I mean, I'm I'm a part of Red Voice Media, but one of the reasons we're doing it for you is and putting booze and banter there is because you get more than just the premium stuff from this is my show, booze and banter, all of that stuff. You're going to get some live shots of the studio, some you might not want to see uh, when we're in there in May, but. You also get all this other stuff. You get Chad Caton. You get Jason Vermis. You get the RVM Roundup, which, which is also with Chad Caton. You get J.D. Rucker. Matt Couch just signed with us. We got Zeke Arkham coming. We've got Colonel Lee Valentine coming. We've got all sorts of amazing stuff coming. So you get a ton of content. We're working on, on bringing documentaries. There's so many reasons to get there, and you can try it for a dollar. I know this sounds salesy. It's meant to. Get over there. Redvoicemedia.com. Use promo code Drew. Sign up. Sign up, um, and there's a lot of great things waiting for you over there. Disco Texas Panhandle says, turn your audio up a tad. And then he gave you a smiley face. Yeah, I've done it a few times. I don't know why. Well, there's a little delay with Rumble, so you might be good. Um, Okay, so after a quick diaper change, Joe Biden nominated alt-left, radically left, Julie Sue as labor secretary. And in a statement, he said this, He called Sue a tested and experienced leader who will continue to build a stronger, more resilient, and more inclusive economy that provides Americans a fair return for their work and an equal chance to get ahead. So let's break down that statement from Biden. You can kind of watch the B-roll as we do. What does he mean by inclusive? Well, if you're building something that's inclusive, at some point, inclusivity only works if you exclude others. This is the slippery slope of identity over merit under the veil of inclusiveness. That statement is in no way expressing the idea of a level playing field. It's, in fact, the opposite. One side of the field is going to have more opportunity based solely on race, gender, and sexual orientation. 
By the way, speaking of race, the left is celebrating the fact that she's the first Asian woman to serve in this capacity, which is great. I have no problem with that whatsoever. But they telegraphed in, huh? Asian American. Asian American. Sorry. But they, they said that they wanted to fill that slot with this, which is how they've done all of this. But anyways, a fair return, he says, a fair return for work and an equal chance to get ahead. That sentence means prior, prioritizing certain groups of people to be hired over other groups based on race, gender, sexual orientation, whatever other new club we make up in 2023. It also means putting underqualified people in positions that they might not have, have the experience for. That way it ensures them an equal chance to get ahead. Here's an example. You've got two people applying for a manager position at, say, an electronics store, right? You've got one person who's been a manager at another electronics store for five years. You've got somebody who's worked in, in sales at another electronics store for two years. The person with the managerial experience is white, five years of experience. The person with the sales experience is black or any other minority. Put, put whatever, whatever, fill in the blank however you want there. In order to achieve equity under this leftist philosophy that we're seeing and sadly experiencing, the job has to go to the black sales representative. It has to, despite not having managerial experience. Is it fair to hire based on race? No, of course not. And it's also against the law, by the way. But in the mind of a Marxist merit, in the mind of a Marxist merit doesn't matter because it's, it's all about picking winners and losers in the eyes of the government, in the eyes of the people in, in control, and that's the way they play their game. We're being conditioned to accept decisions from faceless entities that are deciding our futures for us. And they never come right out, right? The communists, they never come right out and tell you exactly what their intentions are, exactly what they're doing, because people would be horrified for it. Again, if, if these guys were clear about their intentions, if they were clear about their policies, if they weren't always manipulating the message, trying to pull on emotional heartstrings, if they just came right out and said, hey, here's who we are, here's what we're about, these guys would never win an election again. Their message is absolute trash. But they play the game well. They use this ambiguous language that can be subject to interpretation. That way it gives them an out. And they can go on the attack against anyone who questions them. Oh, you don't like what we're saying? You're a racist. You're a bigot. You're this. You're that. You're a domestic terrorist. That's kind of the new thing, right? In keeping with the praise, though, you had Kamala Harris, who called Sue, quote, a longtime advocate for workers, first in my home state of California and now as a leader in the Biden-Harris administration. Harris added that Sue understands the future of our economy depends that the future of our economy depends on building a well-trained and inclusive workforce. So what Mattress back here is actually saying is that Julie Sue is a true believer She'll be committed to forcing businesses to base their hiring practices solely on immutable characteristics rather than merit. That's, that's what's being said here. Whenever a Democrat uses the word workers, they mean it as a pejorative, to let people know who aren't a part of the enemy class <clears throat> that their place, just kind of where their, their place is in their whole communist caste system. Like, this is, this is what we think of you. This is where you are. This is how you fit into our world. So this is going to be yet another failed person here. I want to move on from this because we've, we've, got, to, we've got to go. But real quick, just to keep in mind, this chick has, has been radically left in, in all of her opinions. She was the labor commissioner in the state of California during the COVID lockdowns, was criticized, by the way, for how her department handled unemployment benefits, fraudulent claims during said lockdown. And of course, like any good Democrat, she blamed the system and its mechanical failings, not herself, not her policies. But she is going to be a disaster. And she got this job because she is a willing participant in their game. She, she is willing to go to bat for them. She's willing to push forward their policies and their mission, keep things on narrative. That's who they are. But keep in mind, with them and with her and with everyone else who comes behind them, Everything, I mean, everything they touch, guys, it turns to garbage. California is a great example. I talked to a Californian uh, just before the show today. Someone who grew up there, raised there, 
and just can't believe how bad it's gotten and how it keeps getting progressively worse, which is remarkable. You keep thinking you've hit the, 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 the depth of the valley, and then it just keeps going. It just keeps on going. But let's keep on so, going with, with – go ahead. Let's see. Uh, Jill has got a great question. Are straight white people included? <laughs> no, they're not. You're not a part of the club. No. We are we are definitely on the outs. Definitely on the outs. But st- sticking with Biden regime nominees real quick. They nominated Colleen Shogan for archivist. And Josh Hawley, who's done some great things, questioned her about specific statements that she made on Twitter. And this was her response. Take a listen. You responded as follows. And I quote. My personal Twitter account is comprised of posts about my mystery novels, events at the White House Historical Association, Pittsburgh sports teams, travels, and my dog, end quote. Is this an accurate statement? Yes, Senator. I just remind you, you're under oath. Is this an accurate statement? Yes, Senator. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, your Twitter posts then that I was asking you about. On February 18th, 2022, You posted on Twitter bemoaning the dropping of mask requirements for children, including those under the age of five. Do you remember that post? No, Senator. Those tweets were in my personal capacity. Uh, No, 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 no. I asked you, would you give all public posts that you had made on Twitter? Mm -hmm. You said no, effectively, and you said that your Twitter posts consisted of Mystery novels, events at the White House Historical Association, Pittsburgh sports teams, travels, and my dog. And you just told me now under oath that you stood by that. So now let's talk about your Twitter post. On February 18th, 2022, you posted bemoaning the fact that mask requirements for children under the age of five, one of whom I happen to have, by the way, have been dropped. Is that a post about your dog or sports teams? My social media is in my personal capacity. Answer Senator. my question, please, because you've testified under oath that you only posted about your dog and sports teams and novels, and you also said you wouldn't give this committee any of your public posts. So is your post on February 18th, 2022, bemoaning the lifting of mask requirements for children under the age of five, who I might just ask all of the data has said is extremely harmful to children, these mask requirements. We'll leave that aside for now. Is that a post about your dog or sports teams, yes or no? My social media is in my personal capacity, Senator. Yes or no, Ms. Shogan, you are under oath before this committee. And I have to say, you have placed this issue squarely in record by repeatedly refusing to answer, yes or no? My personal, my social media is in my personal capacity, Senator. So you're not answering my question. Let's talk about another post. 26th of May, 2022. You talk about an assault weapons ban, retweet a post, ban assault weapons now. Say you agree with this idea that uh, you have to be a certain age to buy so-called assault weapons in America. Is that a post about sports teams or your dog or mystery novels? My social media is in my personal capacity, Senator. <laughs> All right, so she's not saying a whole lot. She, she couldn't even get that one sentence out right. She, I mean, she, if she had said it enough, you'd think she would be able to get it right. By the way, side point, Josh Hawley, when he's done serving in in on capitol hill needs to have a radio show his voice is it's just he's got a great radio voice but colleen shogan is just another example of how the left-wing cult indoctrinated another follower he was josh was reading a statement from 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 twitter and her her previous statement saying well let me let me take a step back he was he was reading her initial statement that she swore under oath that her Twitter is just about mystery novels, Pittsburgh's, you know, sports teams and her dog. Kind of how social media used to be back before it became what it is now, right? That's what she said it was. But then when confronted about those specific tweets, her response was just, as you heard, time and time again, my social media is in my personal capacity. But it reminds me of another time uh, during a, a congressional hearing when the Democrats were screaming, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time, reclaiming, before an answer to a question could be given. What she's saying, what Colleen is saying here, is whatever she writes on Twitter is her own personal opinion, and in no way should her personal opinions be part of the hiring process. This is a play that you're going to see the left continue to make when it comes to controversial statements that they've made on social media. They don't want to be held to the same standard 
as the rest of us. We always see that. And they, they believe, and the reason they don't want to be held to that is because they believe their opinions should be the opinions of everyone else. And they, they believe that there's nothing controversial about what they said. They think it's controversial that you ob object to what they're saying. This woman, though, she, I mean, she's got nothing else in her life other than those three topics with the belief the government is the substitute for her happiness. Somewhere along her way, she bought into the climate cult and the total female empowerment that states you can live a happy and productive life without the presence of a male partner or children. She's all the way over on that side. But make no mistake about it. Democrats and the alt-left are the new Puritans of America. And they've substituted a faith in God with eternal faith and devotion, crazy-ass devotion, mind you, to government. And I'll also remind you that never, never in history has eternal faith and devotion to government ended well for anybody. It just hasn't. All right, we're running behind. We're running behind. Let's get to question of the day. Which today, yesterday we were talking about grilled cheese sandwiches. Today we're gonna we're gonna talk about politicians. We just had a good oh, one man. on the screen a second ago. I know. Well, I get too hungry when we talk about all that stuff. The question of the day is this: What politician? What politician do you most respect today? I think we're gonna get lots of answers here, lots of different answers. I'm curious to see what they are. What politician do you respect the most today? We'll get to your responses on the other side. We'll also get to several more stories, including all this Zelensky nonsense. Stick around. Welcome back, folks. Let's get to those questions as you're coming back, or if you're just joining, please hit that like button, whichever platform you're on. Please make sure you're subscribed on whatever platform you're on, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Getter, wherever you are. We're so glad you're here. Please keep engaging. Share, share, share away. And again, like I said, please make sure you're following or subscribed to that page. All right, the question of the day was, what politician do you respect most today? Let's get to some answers here. We've got Kat Kamek, Jim Jordan, June says Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, Shelby, that's a tough question. I have no answer. Respect is a big word in my books. Fair point. Fair point. Shirley says ex-politician, Newt Gingrich. Scott says August Fluger. I don't know if that's a if that's serious or a joke. I'm ser I seriously don't know who that is. Um, Carol says Kat, Kat Kamek as well. June, my governor, Ron DeSantis. Senator John Kennedy. All right. Big D DeSantis. Carrie Lake. DeSantis. Josh Hawley, Jim Jordan, or Rand Paul, Chip Roy of Texas. Jill says also Nick Schroer. He was just elected as our new senator. Uh, F News, Lori Lightfoot. Ha ha ha. Respect none. Politicians are evil. D. Donner, Ronald Reagan. Uh, today, alive today. Um, Unless you know something that I don't. Joe Joe Wheeler says Sarah Huckabee. 
Congressman in West Texas. Okay, that's good to know, Scott. Thank you. Um, Edward Asher says Trump. Someone else said Trump or DeSantis. Disco, do you have an answer? You don't have to have an answer. No, um, I mean, respect is earned, right? I mean, it's something that, you know, like it's easily taken away, but then you got to gain it back. A lot of politicians in the past have definitely, it's, it's made me not want to trust them or respect them. And so, you know, for me, it's who sh- who has that trigger, who has shown. And, man, DeSantis, you know, for me is, is I, I, I respect him, you know, because he's, he's every day he shows that he's for the people of the state of Florida, you know. And so and I know that's, you know, you know, hope, you know, when he does run for president, we'll see that spread not just from Florida, but to the entire nation. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so too. And and there's great June just June just made a good point which I agree with um and it's you can argue both now. June says I don't see President Trump as a politician. He certainly wasn't. You know, he's running again, so I guess he technically falls in that category now, but I don't really see him that way either. Pam says JD Vance by the way. Um but I, I look, I love both you guys if you listen to her, to the show or watch the show, you know I love Trump and DeSantis. I think that DeSantis is probably my answer right now. Again, I don't like any politicians. I just don't. That's why I'm a country over party guy. I'm a country over candidate guy because people always disappoint you. And I'm sure at some point Ron will do that as well. I'm sure. And I hope he doesn't, but I'm sure that everyone does. Right. Trump disappointed with personnel picks. Trump disappointed with how he weighed in um, and pushed the vax. He got almost everything else right. He's amazing. No one's going to get it all right. But right now, if I had to pick, I would say DeSantis is probably my guy. Um, for for who I respect the most today. Again, I don't know if Trump falls in that category. I love him. Yeah, I, he's probably yeah. going to be our our nominee. But um, I like Jim Jordan too. I, I like some of, of what he says. I'd like to see everyone else kind of come around him and uh, you know see some more action, some more response from all of that. But yeah, that's, and that, that's I, where I'm at. And I I mean I love politicians that do the job that they were elected to do. So you see, like Chip Roy, how he won't let people go. Even the last guy we just showed, like he's not not letting them letting them not letting them off the hook. Those are the ones you're like, thank you for actually doing your job. The ones that you got elected to do that you promised that you were gonna do. Thank you so much. Right. Like to me, all the other ones that don't do their job, it should it, we as the people should be like, we want to push them out and put someone else in. And you know, and it doesn't have yeah. to be re-election time. Just right now, it's it's been three weeks and they haven't done their job. Like bye. But it you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I hate the word bullish. I almost said it. I'm just not a big fan of that word. But I, I'm eager to see how Ana Luna does. I, I, she's a good friend. I respect the hell out of her. She's full of piss and vinegar. She's going to be up there. But, you know, she's got to, she, she's got that as a friend and as someone who served this country, but she's got to earn it as a politician. I think she will. Um, same with Eli. Same with Eli. Eli, yeah. Eli, too. Love the guy to death. Go do it. Go do what I think you're going to do. I think both of them are going to do. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's get to this other stuff. So Zelensky's doubling down on America getting involved with troops on the ground in Ukraine. Again, we have some troops on the ground now, whether it's you know special operations and intelligence folks. You know, The government and the administration don't want to talk about that, but we absolutely do. But getting troops in the ground in a more conventional sense. And I'll just – let me just say this real quick. Warning. If – You've got blood pressure meds. If you get fired up quickly (laughs) or easily, keep them close by because you're going to need them after you hear what he has to say. Take a listen. The U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending their sons and daughters to war, and they will have to fight because it's uh, NATO that we're talking about, and they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing. Seriously, bro, you're going to go down that road that our sons and daughters are going to go to Ukraine and fight for you and possibly die for your corrupt, broken-ass country? (laughs) The gall of this prick. Man, this guy, we talked about the other day, he has gotten so big. For his britches. The unmitigated call. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Too early for Grinch quotes? <clears throat> no, I, we can always get Grinch quotes in. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, all the sympathy that I that I had for, for 
for people there and 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 what's going on for the citizens of Ukraine this that it's pretty much evaporated and I look I I still do feel bad for some of the people who are just caught up in this it's not our war all that all that remains true but to say that is just ridiculous it's enraging if you think for one second that america and sadly there's some that would but if you think on the on the whole that americans are going to be cool sending their sons and daughters sons and daughters over to ukraine to fight alongside nazis to repel amateur commies you've you've got another thing coming that's just it's it's ridiculous who who wants to send their sons and daughters to die in this fight that's not ours Everyone who's got the uh, the damn flag hanging in their yard or they've got it on their social media profile. That's the question. We always say that's the question. You, are, are you willing to send your son? Is your son of that draft age? Is your son in, in, any, in any range that would fall subject to possibly going over there? Because unless you can, you can say affirmative to that, you need to shut your mouth. You can feel bad about innocent civilians dying. And, and your stomach should churn, and, and you should be uncomfortable thinking about the orphans, the widows that are now over there dealing with everything. They are just from the, the, the result of the war to, to some of the possible consequences, whether they're being trafficked into to, to sex slavery because of the war, whatever the worst-case scenario could be. It could be lots of scenarios, and you should feel bad for that. But again, that doesn't mean it's our war, period. And you notice how the elite class in America is 100% behind America's involvement in Ukraine. To include, up to and including, possibly sending troops over there. In the liberal elites, you know why? Because <clears throat> the liberal elites don't have to worry about their sons or daughters getting killed in a foreign land to defend a dictator of one of the most corrupt countries on the planet. They're perfectly fine with sacrificing the blood of what they view as worthless red state meat eaters. That's that's who's going to go. You know, if, if, if it gets to the point where it's a draft, that's a different story. But as it stands right now, their current military is like, yeah, send them. That's fine. Send them. We don't care. And not only that, the, one of the reasons they're, they're comfortable with it is because these Democrats, they don't see themselves as American citizens. They see themselves as citizens of the world, of this, of this whole planet. No, we're, we're global citizens. We're citizens of planet Earth. Uh, like, that's... That's a big problem. And because they view things that way, it's another reason that they, they, they think it's their job, it's their responsibility to be the saviors of the world and help bring down the Russian government in this case. It's not. It's just not. And who knows? Who knows where this all goes? But there's definitely... There's definitely a lot of potential for this to go south, as we talk about all the time. I'm sick about it, uh, of talking about it, guys. I, I wish we didn't have to talk about it. I wish this wasn't something that was on the horizon, that there weren't all these prospects of war, whether it's going this way, that way, or the other. But we have to keep talking about it because there's never any prospects for peace. There's never any discussions for peace. There's never any off-ramps for Putin. So this is where we're going. Disco? You know, I... I um... <clears throat> I would understand if that clip that we just played was him asking for troops. America, we would love to have you, you know, be a part of this. We need your help. Can you come help us? But the fact that it's like, no, they are going to send troops. They are going to die, and they're going to send their, their children. You know, these children are going to die in war. Like it's like a demanding thing, which it's been his track record this entire time. He hasn't really asked. He's just more of like said, this is going to happen, and he's put countries like America. And Democrats in a hard spot where it's like, well, we have to answer now because if we don't do, we're going to look like dicks, you know. Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, I, I hope that this is the final where, you know, people on Capitol are like, nah, we shouldn't listen to him on this one. We sent him money, tons of money. Like this guy could Scrooge McDuck swim through the the coins in his, in his you know, vault yeah. worth of money. That was a great intro. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, I, it was a great. I've always wanted to do it. I know it would probably hurt diving into yeah. coins, but you know we send them a lot of money. You'd think it would be enough, um, but obviously we know that there's a lot more going on with the war. There's a lot of stuff going on, but for him to sit there and demand like they will send troops, they yeah. will come and fight this battle, and it's like, uh, no, who the fuck okay. do you think you are? We, we did. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that this week. Like 
if you understand, he doesn't understand anything. He understands that he thinks he's in power. He thinks he's in control, even though he's made by us. We're letting him get out of control. But if you think you can tell Americans, we don't like to be, it's not just me. I don't like to be told what to do. It, it, it doesn't work well. It's not how I'm wired. But that's, it's not just me. That's the collective. We, we don't respond that way. The bitches in D.C., they might. But, the, but we, the people, which is what this whole experiment's about, we don't like being told what to do. And we're not sending our sons and daughters to die in your war, not our war, your war, for your corrupt country that's just a big money laundering scam, an ATM for politicians. It's not happening. And I have a very uh, interesting video of Zelensky that I will save for Booze and Banner. Okay. So, all right, let's save it for Booze and Banner. Come on over, redvoicemedia.com slash subscribe. You know, hey, yeah. huh? Promo but, code uh, Drew. Go, go. It's going to be great. I'm just, I'm going to save it because I know we're short on time. We got still got some more stuff to go through. We do. But we do. So, let's, let's, speaking of that, so there's been all this debate <clears throat> for a while now. Ukraine has wanted to, to partner with Europe, they've wanted to come into to NATO. Well, Jens Stoltenberg was asked about the possibility of Ukraine joining NATO, and he says what he said this week. If we've got it. So both NATO allies have agreed. Is that file corrupt, or is it just? I don't know. Let me try it again. Let's try it one more time. If not, I can talk to you. Sorry about that. So both NATO allies have agreed that Ukraine will become a member of our alliance, but at the same time, that that is a long-term perspective. What is the what is the issue now is to ensure that Ukraine prevail as a sovereign independent nation, and that therefore we need to support Ukraine. I see that the future of Ukraine is to be part of European Union and also <coughs> member of NATO. Um, we have taken many steps forward when it comes to military aid uh, to Ukraine, and I'm very glad that we are now cooperating together much more closely to, um, uh, to give Ukraine more heavy weapons. Uh, I think the discussion now, even though it's have taken some time, it's been very important uh, concerning, for example, the Leopards. Uh, so countries are cooperating together uh, more closely uh, and more widely. And this is a very good thing. We have to support Ukraine as long as it takes. And they also need more heavy weapons. Uh, and the faster and the sooner we can give them more heavy weapons, the sooner the war will end. Uh, and this is something that we also need that uh, cooperation between the democratic countries. Finland has taken many decisions on armed support to Ukraine, and we are willing uh, to continue this as long as it takes. So Stoltenberg says that they will eventually be part of the NATO alliance, but not at this moment. So what's the play with that statement? I, that, first of all, the not-at-this-moment part should be well-received. That's, that's, that's a good thing. It seems like maybe he's trying to send a message of encouragement to the Ukrainian people to keep on fighting against Russia. Again, we, we don't necessarily care about what's going on there, but, but NATO does. So maybe they're sending that encouragement by making the promise that they will eventually, in time, be a member of NATO. He's kind of dangling that carrot in front of them. Whether he means it not or yet is, is of course, yet to be seen. And I'd probably be a little bit dubious about that promise if, if I'm a Ukrainian citizen. But then you had the globalist smoke show weigh in, standing next to Stoltenberg. And she said that she sees Ukraine being part of the European Union, which is, which is interesting. That's something that's been suggested, too. It's something that they, I know that they would love. But keep in mind something. With Table the EU stuff for a second. We're going to come back to her in a second. But table the EU stuff for a second. And let's look at the NATO thing, because... The possibility of that, hey, Rick, good to, good to be back. Thanks for being here. The possibility of that and Ukraine joining NATO would, of course, if they were to happen now, it would immediately invoke Article 5 because an attack on one is an attack on all. But we've also heard Putin say that if Ukraine did, in fact, become a member of NATO, that there would be extreme consequences. That's been said. That has been consistent rhetoric for them, for him. I don't think we push that. 
But but the first thing, the whole Article 5 thing is enough reason not to do it right now. But it's also the reason that I'm scared to death that they would do it because all the warmongers across the planet are so eager to get us into World War III for God knows whatever reason. But then going back to the socialist hottie, she goes on to say that countries need to provide Ukraine with more heavy equipment. And I'm guessing she's referring to more offensive weapons as opposed to defensive weapons like the Patriot Missile System. And I'm almost, now I'm not 100% certain, but I'm almost 100% certain when she's talking about heavy weapons that she also means fighter jets, which is now the rallying cry to escalate the fighting in Ukraine, which again leads me to believe that Ukrainians aren't doing as well as we're being told, that we're led to believe. She also, Ponytail also says another key phrase that should be a red flag for all of us. We're willing to support Ukraine as long as it takes. You hear members of permanent Washington right here in America saying the exact same sentence. We will support Ukraine for as long as it takes. There's no timetable. There's no measure for success. There's just an open checkbook. The intent of this war is to have it drag on for as long as possible and continue to escalate the United States involvement. That's been the idea from the beginning. We're going to give them just enough weapons to make it look like we're repelling the Russians. And that way, we can justify supplying more weapons to Ukraine by saying we gave them enough and we got this result. So if we give them more, we'll have even better results. It's right out of the military industrial complex playbook. That's what they're doing. Give the American people what seems to be a small win. But if we got this, think of what we could do. That's, that's what's happening. Then speaking of Ukraine and giving them stuff, real quick, we just have to talk about this. General Milley says that they need more money for Ukraine by June. And I still, for the life of me, at this point, don't understand how Mark Milley has a job. This disgusting individual is the one who oversaw the worst retreat in American history in Afghanistan. 13 service members killed on his watch during the exit. We also left behind billions of, and billions of dollars worth of military equipment that will someday be used to kill Americans. Forethought, not exactly the greatest skill in, in, in Washington, D.C. But he's also the odious pig who is overseeing the purge of soldiers, has been. Sailors, airmen who are conservatives or refuse the COVID jab. We should also never forget that he's the one who bragged that he was going to ignore any order given by Trump during the certification of the election. He was reassuring China that he, General Milley, was in control. But I digress. This treasonous slice of rectal pizza wants more money for Ukraine by June. By June. Congress, in its most recent appropriation for Ukraine in December, gave 45 additional dollars, 45 ad billion additional dollars in aid. Only 45, <laughs> 45. additional dollars? I was, I was thrilled. <laughs> okay, they can't even get dinner for a family on that. No, 45 billion. 45 billion additional dollars. Which, again, like, here's... Uh, we talked about it with the jets, right? It seems like by everyone wanting more jets, it's like, well, are you really whooping Russia's ass like you're talking about, which I haven't bought at all, but you wouldn't need all those things if you are. But with this money, if, you, if Ukraine is in fact kicking Russia's ass, like every politician and every member of the corporate media continues to say, why do they need so much more money? Could it be that they're not kicking Russia's ass like we're led to believe? Is that, I mean, is that a possibility? It's like we're being told the finish line is in sight. We just need a little extra boost to get us over. Well, but then the finish yeah, line I mean, keeps you, moving. But if you, you know, if I was coming to you and, and not succeeding, be like, I need more money, like you'd be like, let's dive into this deep first. Let's take a look at it, you know, with a reasonable head. But if I come in, it's, everything's going great. We're doing good. You know, we're advanced, advanced, advanced. It's great. We're going to need a little bit more cash so we can keep on this streak here. You'd be like, yeah, let's do it. You're doing fine so far. You know, so I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's the smoke and mirrors with all this. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Uh, I almost went down a different rant. I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. Let's skip this break because I want to get to this Lori Lightfoot stuff before we move over to booze and banter. So you're welcome. You just missed a commercial. Um, this this should be good news, right? We talked yesterday. We talked about how Jesus uh, Revolution, the film, did outstanding at the box office, and it's not just great for that. And it's not just 
because the numbers were good. It's it it's it should be seen as a positive sign for the country and people saying, yeah, we're sick of all this stuff. We need more of this. And I think that was a good sign. We talked about it yesterday. You can go back and watch the show if you missed it. But this is positive too, because you had one of America's most hardline leftist mayors in Lori Lightfoot, who's out of the job. And not only did Lightfoot lose, but she was humiliated. I mean, literally. What she was told yesterday was Chicago Democrats hate your guts. She only received 17% of the vote. She won her original mayoral election with 73% of the vote. That margin is unreal and is reflective of what an unmitigated disaster of a human being Lori Lightfoot is. The only reason she got this job, which we learned more and more, and I'm not picking on her just because she's these things, but the only reason she got this job is because she was able to utilize her race, her gender, her, her, her identity, all of that stuff to ascend politically. That's how she got there. But she, she got her ass kicked in this race, came in third. The other two are in a runoff. And she's not only did she get her ass kicked, but she's the first. Keep in mind, all these cities, all these Democrat hellholes. And I'm not saying there's not nice parts of Chicago. There's nice parts of everywhere. But these Democrat hellholes keep electing the same people over and over and over again. And once you're in, you're good. The corrupt system takes care of its own. But she's the first mayor in Chicago to lose her re-election bid since 1983. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And the equity and inclusion mayor possessed absolutely zero qualities that make for an effective leader. Her city was, her, under her leadership, finger parents, her city literally earned the name Chirac. That's not a good thing. You shouldn't be getting compared to a war zone that I fought in, in either Iraq or Afghanistan. Whatever name you want to use, you don't want a U.S. city being compared to that. Here was part of her uh, concession speech, though. Let me just uh, do this. So thank you and, and thank everyone so much. Um, I feel a lot of love in this room as I've felt every step of the way on this journey. Uh, I've called Brandon Johnson and Paul Vallis uh, to congratulate them on their victories in advancing uh, to the runoffs. We were fierce competitors in these last few months, um, but I will be rooting and praying for our next mayor to deliver uh, for the people of the city for years to come. All right, so as Shirley says, pay attention to the small wins. I think it's important. This was a good win. And look, it's easy as a human to feel empathy for people, even, well, maybe not Beetlejuice, but, but it's easy. But it's important to remember as these types of things happen and you have her sad and people feeling down for her, that these, these individuals, these communists, have no empathy for us. No empathy for us, for you whatsoever. So you've got it. We, we played that game too long as a country. We have, we have been the God-fearing, kind-hearted human beings in this country who freed, our, you know, freed it from slavery, have done all the things right, and we've tried to give people the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, you know, the right thing is to do is to feel this way and to treat them this way. That's where we, that, this is how we got here. These people, again, they don't have empathy for you, so don't have empathy for them. I'm not saying all of you do. But no matter how sad she appears how heartfelt her comments appear to to, to be it's it, literally it's only because she lost there's no self-reflection of what she did wrong how did i let this city become a war zone it's none of that what could i have done better no it's just i hate the people who didn't vote for me that's that's how she feels democrat leaders are incapable of empathy unless it's politically advantageous to them that's how they are bill clinton i feel your pain they're incapable of empathy. But they're really good. Really good at manipulating people's emotions. They campaign and they govern through all of that, through emotional manipulation. That's, that's who they are. But it's a good win. Going back to Shirley's point and my point earlier. N not getting elected, not getting reelected. First mayor since 1983 in Chicago to not get reelected is an absolute repudiation of how inept and how unserious and how 
ignorant the people of Chicago thinks that she is. I love how she went from winning 73% to being the split vote between the two people in the runoff. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Tropical Tim in the Philippines on YouTube said, I think this muff diver should be prosecuted for all that, that happened in Chicago during her watch. I agree, but you know it's never going to happen. No, it's you know, not. You know, like... Well, this is the this is the person who things went super south. The, one of the final nails in her her coffin was the whole haircut thing during COVID, where she said, "I need to get my haircut because I go on camera and I'm talking to the public." The arrogance in that statement that she made back then, and the contempt that she sh showed for her constituents and the people of Chicago, was on full display. She might as well have just said, "I'm better than you peasants," because literally that's what she meant. That's what she meant. With that statement. Good evening from New York to you as well, Lori. Thanks for being here. But that statement, along with the lack of law enforcement response to petty crimes, the murder rate in Chicago, all of that stuff, all of it sealed her destiny. She did not possess, and she's incapable. If, if you've listened to her talk enough and seen her talk enough, you know that she's just incapable of being the, the kind of leader. She doesn't possess those characteristics. It's not in her. And the tide, I think, again, not on a grand scale, but the, the tide is starting to turn ever bit so slightly in America. People are beginning to wake up, see the Democrat Party for the, the just nasty, fascist, anti-American party that they are. So again, we have a long way to go. But let's let's count these these blessings. Let's look at these victories as a positive thing, because they are positive. And then we just got to keep chipping away. Keep chipping away. Just like the Democrat Party's chipped away at the Constitution and our freedoms for the last 150 years. Again, we did not get here to where we are overnight. It didn't just all of a sudden become, you know, the post-2016 election world where there was tons of hate and our kids were being corrupted. In school. This has been going on for a long time. It's just all rising to the surface. It's a lot more overt now, but... All that to say, we're not going to likewise be able to turn it around overnight. So stay at it. Stay at it, my friends. Okay. We're going to tee up booze and banter here. There was one other thing I was going to hit on there, but I want to get over to booze and banter because, again, you've got the EPA administrator, Michael Reagan, who's been sending lots of mixed messages. Lots of mixed messages on the water, the environment there in, in East Palestine, Ohio, all of that. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it because now he's come out. We'll show you the video. But now he's come out and said, I wouldn't let my kids anywhere near that water. Well, that sounds a little different than some of the encouragement that you've been sharing with the people in the residents of East Palestine. We'll talk about that. We've got Keith Olbermann who went on just another rant. Like, I swear, his angry rants, that's all he does on his podcast. It needs to be changed to something else. We'll talk about that. Disco's got a clip that we're going to watch. We're going to get to your questions. All of that's going to happen over on Red Voice Media. Go to redvoicemedia.com forward slash subscribe. Use promo code Drew. You can try it for a dollar, folks. We'd love to have you come join us. Bring a drink. Bring some questions. We'll see you there. If you can't, we'll see you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. You've just heard Drew Berquist. Catch the show weekdays on every major social media platform and on drewberquist.com. clear.